It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we begin the aftermath. After the loss in Los Angeles to the Rams, as I am live inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, inside Raiders Global Headquarters, just interviewed the head coach, Josh McDaniels. You'll hear that at some point whenever we can turn it around for you. Hopefully pretty quickly here. Vic Tafer will join us from The Athletic later on in the show. And Chris Matthews, the great newsman here in town from 8 News Now. I've cleared the deck with the phones today as we're getting used to covering a day like this after the game, the aftermath, talking about what happened in another one-score game, lost game, and this one absolutely takes the cake. I never thought I would see something like that, and it was the toughest post game, and I only did a few minutes of it, because Q took over at M Resort, I want to thank Q for doing that yesterday. It gave me the ability to travel with the team. It was the biggest gut punch radio moment for me since the tuck rule when I hosted that from Ricky's in San Leandro in the parking lot. Much more meaningful game, much more important game. I know the difference between regular season, playoffs, and Super Bowl, obviously. But that was the biggest gut punch that I could remember because of the glorious couple of days in Los Angeles with the Raider Nation, what was at stake going forward to salvage the end of the season with an opportunity to play for something late and meaningful, and it all slipped away right in front of the entire Raider Nation in one of their homes in Los Angeles. The performance was absolutely inexcusable at all levels of professional football. The effort was great. They play hard. They're together. I don't want to hear any of that today. You know that's true. The team, the coaches, all of that, they are together. I was in the locker room after the game. I was on the team flight last night. Okay, but I'm talking about the execution of the game plan. What should have happened, what didn't happen, and the way they lost the game is absolutely unacceptable on any level of football at any age, and this is the top of the top at the pro level inexcusable at all costs what happened in front of 50,000 Raider fans, 50,000, no debate, who paid hard money heading into the holidays to see their team and expected their team to win an easy game, which I told you would not be easy. I told you a few things. First off, I want to begin the show because I'm always fair, even though some don't believe it, They want me to burn down the building with torches and let you all in through the gate. Okay, let me begin by saying you have never before that game last night or a year ago or three years ago saw a bigger Baker Mayfield fan than me. 
It has to do my son goes to Oklahoma. He's a senior. I watched Baker. I watched him be recruited. I watched him play at Oklahoma. I watched him win the Heisman Trophy. I watched him plant the flag at games. And I've always thought very highly of Baker, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, almost like a homer. I love Baker Mayfield. And I knew exactly that Baker Mayfield could do that to the Raiders. And I told you he could do that. And I only had 24 hours to tell you that he was going to come in loose, no pressure, gunslinger, because he's a bleeping gunslinger. And he shot down the Raiders, shot him down. Because he plays loose, he's got moxie, he's got unbelievable body language, tremendous body language, and he wanted to be in that space. You know, I tell stories for a living. I had so many good stories to tell you. And again, it's not name dropping, but there was a little bit of that on who I saw, what was going on there, what was happening there. And that'll have to just die. That'll have to go die somewhere out in a pasture here in Henderson when I'm driving home tonight. But I will tell you this. I'm proud to work for this team. It's a privilege and an honor. It's changed my life for the positive. I have many friends I've met through this team, and I know how to do my job. But yesterday was a bleeping gut punch like I haven't experienced, me personally, since the tuck rule. I could not believe what was unfolding in front of me in a game with players, coaches, fans, and a 16-3 to lead. I just couldn't believe it. But you know something? My gut was telling me it was going to happen because I'm not very good in math. I got like a fourth-grade vocabulary and maybe eighth-grade with math. But I know 16-3. to I know 16-3 to and 3 plus 14 – Equals 17. And I was walking through around that monstrosity of a building, which I'm going to share my thoughts on the stadium coming up later. And I'm walking through there at the mid-third quarter, fourth quarter going, yep, yep, they're going to go three and out, and he's going to score. They're going to go three and out, and he's going to have the ball with the chance to win. That was a lock for anybody who was in the building. Anybody who was in the building wearing silver and black, had that in the back of their head. I was talking to them. I'm interacting, man. I'm not hanging, hanging in the booth. I'm walking, I'm walking the concourses with Raider Nation. And everybody sensed it because of the body language, the lack of energy, and the fact that the team was trying to hold on, hold on to win the game instead of burying them and putting them away like the great Raiders teams of the past, where they're trying to get that team to this level. They are trying to get the team to the level. I'm not giving you the plan today. I'm not going to give you the plan. You know the plan. You've heard the coach tell it with me. So we're not getting into the plan today and what they're doing. But I can tell you right now there will be ramifications from that roster from this game last night. There will be significant ramifications going forward on one thing. The fact that the mental ability to close out games has to do with the mental inability by some to understand their job with the game on the line. And some of those players were here before the new regime got here. Some of them will remain, and obviously some will go. So as we open up the show here, I'm not disgusted. I love this team and this fan base and everything it's done for me. I'm just a bloviating radio host for two hours but I'll tell you this that one hurt and I don't play I don't coach but you know it has an effect on what I do for a living I saw the hurt 
and the pain in that locker room, and I saw it on the face of the players who played their ass off, played at the highest level they could play at physically to try to win that game, and the game fell apart. The game absolutely fell apart. There is no debate that that was a collapse. There's been two collapses this year. The Kyler Murray-Arizona Cardinal game, an epic collapse. And the Los Angeles Rams-Baker Mayfield game that will go down in the annals of history of one of the greatest quarterback performances ever on a final drive to end a game, period. That's what happened yesterday that will stay in the annals of the NFL forever. It will never go away. Baker Mayfield did something that Tom Brady, John Elway, Joe Montana, Dan Marino never did. He went 98 yards to end the game at the two-minute mark. It hasn't been done in 40 years. 40. And a guy who just got off a plane, just got off a plane, barely with the playbook, was able to do that like it was a sharp knife through butter. A sharp, crisp, brand-new knife taken out of a knife collection through butter. Length of the field. Length of the field. And everybody there was in shock to see it. Ram fans had no intention of winning that game. Ram fans came to, for a DJ, to have some food, to look. That stadium's amazing. Different than Allegiant, but amazing. But they were all there. Every Ram fan that I talked to, and there were a few, were like, yeah, 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 yeah he just got the playbook. He might not even play. He's not going to play. No, he's going to play. I'm JT. Well, let me shake your hand. He's going to play. He's Baker Mayfield. He's exactly what you want as a teammate. Now, he's not great all the time. He doesn't make every throw. But I told you the last couple of days, and especially on my night show, the guy was a legend in high school, a legend in college, the number one pick overall, which is a really big deal. Remember Jim Plunkett was the number one pick overall? Number one. What did Jim Plunkett have in common with Baker Mayfield? Oh, a Heisman Trophy. What did Jim Plunkett have in common with Baker Mayfield? Jim Plunkett was beat up so badly he was cut. He was cut. Okay? Cut. Not waivers. Cut. And Al Davis resurrected his career and he was ready. So I'm not comparing Baker because I can't see into the future. But you better believe I can compare Baker Mayfield today to the great Jim Plunkett at the same age Jim Plunkett was when Baker Mayfield is now. Absolutely, I'll do that all day. I'll talk everybody under the table on that topic. And Baker Mayfield loved that opportunity. It was perfect for him. The Raiders' defense, the soft coverage, the fact that he has nothing to lose, and all he's going to do is throw out routes and in routes. All he's going to do is wait for a shot and get a little time. I couldn't believe the stupidity of some in the national media who said, well, he can't play. He doesn't have enough time for the playbook. What? What plays did they invent in the last 48 hours that Baker Mayfield hadn't ran his whole damn career? What play did they invent that Baker hasn't run a thousand times? What, a 10-yard in route? A 15-yard out route? A corner fade to win a game? That, that wasn't invented? Baker's never run those plays? He's run them thousands of times. All he had to do was get with Sean McVay and Greg Olson, have a couple of plays, stay in the game, stay in the game, and hope for the Raiders to collapse, which they did defensively with mental mistakes. And Baker Mayfield won the game. He won the game. 
I know that triggers a lot of people too. Well, you can't compare this guy to that guy. They play the same position or they don't compete against each other. What are you talking about? Of course you can. Baker Mayfield outplayed Derek Carr. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Now, you can talk about the play calling all day long. And I I talked about the play calling, especially the running game with Coach McDaniels here coming up here. But the quarterback play in that game was so heavily one-sided, anybody could see it. And the Raiders had a 16-3 lead, and they didn't shut it down. They just couldn't execute, which has really been what's going on this year. How How could Josh Jacobs run for 86 yards to win a game in Seattle but not pick up a first down on third and one to win the game? Third and one, hand off to Josh, win the game. How come they can't do that? I'll tell you why. Because he lines up seven yards back, so he's got to go eight yards. He's starting seven yards deep, or six. He's got to go eight to get the first down. The whole building knows it's going to be a handoff up the middle. The quarterback can change out of any play he wants. Any play he wants. Any play he wants, he can change out of. And they're good. The other team's really good. They're all good. They're professional football players. The backups, the practice squad players are all pros. They're all professionals. They all can do their job. So without Aaron Donald, without Cooper Cup, okay, without the stars of this team, Matthew Stafford, they were ready to get buried and planted. I mean, there's a lot of dirt. You know the old casino movies where, you know, where are the bodies buried? You know, we were, go- we were driving through Inglewood. I've never seen a construction site like that other than Vegas. It, was, it looks like they're building five casinos where that stadium is. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. i never seen it. The Clippers, where Steve Ballmer's building the new Clipper arena, looks like two T-Mobiles. It looks like the Roman Coliseum. It, it's insane. SoFi Stadium's the biggest place I've ever walked into. You could shelter... A half a million people in that place just inside and in the parking lot. It was the biggest parking lot fiasco I've ever seen, and we came in with the team, so we didn't hit a smidge of traffic. We had a police escort, but I've never seen anything that big. It was like Woodstock. If you were flying over Woodstock, right, and you saw that many people, that's what their parking lot looked like. Then there's Hollywood Park. Then there's the Great Western Forum of back in the day. It's called the Forum now, owned by MSG, and I'm looking around the place going, oh, my God, it's a sea of humanity. Look at all the Raider fans. And what the Raider fans get for their effort and their money. They got that performance. Where for whatever reason, the team didn't want to bury them. The team just wanted to hold down and win the game. And there's something to be said for that. When you're up 16-13, the clock's a big deal. You want to run the ball. You don't want to go three and out with three passes. You want to run the ball. You want to take clock off. And clearly it was obvious to everyone in the Raider Nation that this team was just trying to hold on. Which I don't like but I'm not a coach. And the coach who's been here forever as a play caller knows down distance in the clock and knows what they needed to get out of there. Let me tell you something. After Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy ended the postgame show, I'm in the booth, and I'm sitting there, and if that ball gets deflected or thrown out of the end zone and the Raiders win, I actually didn't write, I don't write anything down on any show, but I had it rehearsed in my mind. 
that I was going to open up the show and thank God, not the real God, but the sports God. You know, there's two different gods, the real God that you pray for when you need stuff, like really big stuff, health, family, sickness, and all that. And then there's the sports God, where you pray, oh, my God, stir down, please, God, please, God, let this be tipped at the line of scrimmage, that guy. I was going to thank that guy if the Raiders won and said, I can't remember a game in a long time where I just wanted to get the hell out of that building with a win, no matter how it ended. At 16-13, if it just ended at 16-10, whatever it was, I was just praying to the other sports god, please, please, let's just get out of here with the W. I will not ask you for another favor again this year. I won't ask for anything with the Patriots, the Niners. I won't ask for nothing. Just win this game. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And it's really the theme of the year. The theme of the year is that the year before, there was a lot of chaos, emails, coaches, interim coaches, horrific car accident, real, real things in life. These, these are football games. It is life and death in the business for coaches. But this year has just been one gut-punching loss after another that are magnified by a loss capacity that most fans have not seen. See, what's interesting about hosting the show after the Arizona game or the Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan run for 30 indie game, or never got the ball past midfield with the starting quarterback in New Orleans, the whole year has had some type of some type of message and journey that I have no idea. I haven't figured it out yet. But this one, next level. Next level gut punch. The team will react, the team will respond, the coaches will respond. I hope they go out and get a win against New England. Crazy things could happen still. But that loss to me was another moment this year where I continue to tell you whatever could happen that's going to happen, that's negative is going to happen. And there's just no way of getting around it. I, I call it a lot of bad luck, a lot of bad execution, definitely critical of coaching, a whole bunch of things. But whatever could go wrong, I thought had gone wrong before the trip to Los Angeles. And it went next level nuclear on us. Next level nuclear. So for all you boys and girls out there saying I'm too light on the team, I'm too nice there, the hell with everybody. I was there. I lived it. I was there with the fans. We went through it. Everybody's hurting for it. We have a level of professionalism on the show with the way we give out criticism, with the level of respect, understanding we're in the building, understanding that we want the team to win, understanding that everybody's got an opinion there. It hurt. It was a tough way to lose. As we take a look at some of the sound bites that turned into the highlights and lowlights of the game, as I talked to Coach McDaniels about Josh Jacobs opening touchdown the Raiders were a well-oiled machine same formation as first down second and goal from the one snap give to Josh again off the right side has some room squeezes in touchdown Raiders an opening drive 75 yard push and Jacobs caps it off with a one yard dive through the right side and it's six nothing Las Vegas great start unbelievable start at that moment unbelievable start they were doing whatever they wanted to do. They looked like they were going to bury them, absolutely humiliate them.
because when they were running these, how about the play calling? I mean, critical of the play calling in the second half, no debate. How about the play calling to open up that game? The Raiders looked like they were just a well-oiled machine, taking what they wanted, dating back to Al Davis, just tremendous. But the car interception before halftime lost the game. Here's why. They get a field goal there, the game's over. Actually, it is. It's over when you look back. Now, at that point, you don't know. The Rams could score three touchdowns. But getting three points instead of an interception, if you just do the basic math, this is where the game started getting away, the car interception. Raiders working end zone to our right. Car out of the shotgun. Takes the snap. Eyes the middle. Pressure off the edge. Throws tipped in the air. And it is intercepted. Ball was batted up in the air and picked off in the middle of the end zone by Ernest Jones. Yep, so that was a huge play right there because the Raiders needed points. The Raiders needed points, and they didn't get points there, and it flipped the whole momentum in what they call Rams house. It flipped the momentum, even though there were a lot of Raider fans there. Then the Rams come out and get a touchdown here. Here's where Baker Mayfield was starting to throw dimes, and everybody knew Baker was coming. Can they stop him four times from the one? Quick snap. Handoff. Akers cuts through the middle, getting a push, and he's in. Touchdown, Rams. Cam Akers is laying with his body and the ball outside of the end zone, but the official from the near pylon raced in with his arms in the air. And after a 17-play drive, Link, we got a one-score game. 17-play drive. 17-play drive with a guy who got off a plane at midnight with a, book, a couple of pages of a playbook. How, how, does, how does that happen? Because he's good. Baker Mayfield's really good. I know people there. There's just some people who are, just can't wrap their head around how good he is. Played for a horrible team. What happens if Baker Mayfield got drafted and played for a really good team? What happens if he was a Cowboy? What happens if he was an Eagle? What happened if he was played for the Packers or a better team? We don't know. Played for a really bad team. And he came through in that game. And then I thought a critical point of the game, which also you'll hear in my conversation coming up with the head coach, this third and one where the Raiders only need one yard to win the game, pretty much win the game as the Rams are going through their timeouts with the two-minute warning coming up here, the Raiders can't get it once again, and they're stuffed. They break the huddle quickly. The handoff is to the up man. He's pushing forward, and he's falling forward. Did he get it? And I don't think he got there. I don't think he got there either. Marquise Copeland... Got the Rams right in front of Amir Abdullah, and yeah. I don't think he got there, Link. I don't think he got there either. The Rams' uh, defense is celebrating, and I think it's short. It's fourth down. It is. That's for all used guys, as they say in Goodfellas, used guys who always come up to me and say, why don't we just run it on third and one? Okay, they just did. How'd that work out? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? How's the third and one starting a guy six yards back with the game on the line, running it into a pile work for you? It's not automatic. How does third and one with a mobile quarterback who sprints right, sprints right as fast as he can and throws it two yards to a receiver who's wide open or runs for it? How does that work? How many times do you see that with Mahomes in your life? So stuffed. Stuffed right there, and then you knew there was going to be a big-time problem at that point in the game. There was going to be a big-time problem. Then the Tillery penalty, which is one of the lowlights I've seen in my 24 years in this organization, where Max Crosby makes a great play, who could be the defensive player of the year, but it gets scrubbed for a mental mistake. 
Empty set for Mayfield. Shotgun snap. Eyes the middle. Crosby off the edge. He gets home at the 12. Max Crosby for his second sack of the game. And now a flag, and it looks like it's going to be on the Raiders. A late flag. Baker Mayfield was calling for it. And this is going to be a penalty after the play. After after the play. play. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Number 90 of the defense knocking the ball out of the quarterback's hand. That's a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down. Again. This is not an unsportsmanlike that is a counter toward disqualification. The foolishness. Just finish the game. Act like you've got some sense. That comes on Tillery. Thank you, Lincoln Kennedy. Great friend, great player, Lincoln Kennedy. Thank you, Lincoln, for calling that out live on the broadcast. How foolish Tillery was. A guy who got a second chance in life to play for a great organization, and he does that with the game on the line. How does that happen? Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Unsportsmanlike conduct. After Max Crosby makes that play, the clock is running. The clock is running. You stop the clock. You knock the ball away, and you give them a chance to win, and then they did. Here's a soundbite that's going to live for a long time as Baker Mayfield did something that no one else could do. This drive started on their own two-yard line. And it's on the Raiders' 23 for a second and 10. Shotgun to Mayfield. Fires towards the end zone. Lofted pass. Caught by Jefferson. No way. Van Jefferson beats Sam Webb into the end zone. And the Rams... With nine seconds to go, are an extra point away from stealing one from the Raiders. Jason Horowitz on the call. So that's how it ended. And uh, still in shock. Long night to get home for such a short place to get to. Long night of travel. Got back. Got in bed about 1 in the morning. Was back here at 11 in the morning interviewing the coach. We got two hours of radio. And then the weekend's here. And we'll all be better off next week. But today's the aftermath. Cisco Kid, president of the Black Hole right here in Vegas. Start us off, Cisco. Oh, man, JT, I don't know where to start. We had Tillery. We got Mayfield coming in, you know, in, in, in like 30-plus hours learning the playbook. I, you know, I heard you, you know, enter the monologue. Yeah, he's a professional. He's a professional. But still, man, I mean, play action all day long, you know, Patrick Graham couldn't, you know, stir something up to stop that. I mean, they were running the same play. It seemed like the same play over and over. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, I feel bad for my guy, Mad Max. He, he seems to be the only one out there giving it a thousand percent every play. I mean, God, I, I mean, like you said, I mean, the embarrassment in, in New Orleans, which I was there, you know, uh, man, just it just kills me. It just kills me. I I know the team's playing hard. I don't know if it's the play calling. I mean, I want to say it's the play calling, but I don't know. I'm not in the building. I'm not going over game film with the coaches, but something's got to change. You know, they gave us a, a three-game thrill, but, hey, man, the thrill is gone. Let's yeah. go. Let's go, Raiders. Thanks, Cisco. Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, everything that everything that needed to be fixed and to teach and the coaches, the problem is the Raiders can't cover. We know that. They can't cover. So the defensive coordinator is trying to mix and match the blitz, which seems to only be Mad Max Crosby, 
and Chandler Jones is playing hard. He's playing really hard. But, you know, stupid penalties, mistakes, uh, just shooting themselves in the foot has been commonplace, and that will get cleaned up. For those who say I'm, I'm too positive, well, here's what I know talking to the GM and interviewing the coach every week and knowing the owner who I was with in L.A., they're, they're working around the clock to try to fix it. You don't like it. You're not going to like a game here and there. You're not going to like a, what happened in New Orleans, Jacksonville, home against Indy in L.A. I get it. You don't think I get it? <laughs> you really don't think I get it? I get it. And they're going to fix it. And, again, Dave Ziegler is going to be bringing in players who aren't going to make mistakes like this. So that's all I can tell you. I mean, it's not rocket science. they got to get players who can cover. The problem is now for me is they got to get a lot of players. they got to get a lot of players, and they might have to replace some big players. So not only do they have to replace some big players, they're going to have to get a whole bunch of new players. And you can do that when you're an NFL team. You can do it. you got to do it via free agency and the draft. And as Dave Ziegler's told me in this studio a few times, you know, you don't want to have to go out and get five or six free agents every year. They have to now. I mean, they're going to be able to draft and get good players. I don't know what they're going to get in the draft, how high the pick's going to be. There's a lot of football left. Not a lot of football, a little bit of football left. But they're going to get smarter players, better players, more disciplined players that fit their grading system. And then they're going to go to war with those guys. They're going to go to war with the guys that they scouted, they brought in, they don't believe are going to make mental mistakes, they don't believe are going to be consistent penalty drive killers, they're going to bring in guys who can turn their head on the football, catch the football when it, catch, it hits their hands, and they're going to try to bring those guys in, and we'll see if, see if it works out. That's all we can do. But it's not going to be because of lack of effort. They're working really hard to try to get it right here. And everybody in the building today on the football side is back to work. And uh, they've all been down this road before, but that is a tough way to lose a game. And on the cover of the hometown paper, Cooked by Baker. Mayfield's heroics, hands Raiders, devastating last-second defeat. No matter what Baker Mayfield does, the ultimate goal for Baker Mayfield is to win a Super Bowl. I'm not here to predict that he will or not. But Baker Mayfield just experienced something that most quarterbacks have never experienced it, and he did it in 48 hours. He landed in a city he's not familiar with. He's working with people. He has no clue who they are. He, he led the team back from the dead and had one of the greatest game-winning drives in regular season history. Arguably the greatest. Arguably the greatest. You only got to do it. With two minutes to go 98 yards down and win a game like that. So tip, I'll tip my cap to Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's outstanding. I've been a fan of his from day one. So I wasn't shocked that Baker Mayfield down 16th to 3 could get two touchdowns. You ever watch the guy play? Been doing it his whole life. And he was able to do it against the Raiders because the Raiders weren't able to stop him with the game on the line. That's the monologue brought to you by PT's last happy hour in town. On their 25, back to pass, looking downfield, late pressure, lobs it towards the middle, and it's intercepted. Devontae Adams, the intended receiver at the 50. Taylor Rapp picks it off with two seconds to go. The entire Rams team is celebrating to the end zone to our left. And in a season length full of disappointments. You've got to be kidding me, Derek. You have got to throw this football. He underthrows the football. 
you've got to see Taylor Rapp is going to be standing there, there. He's standing right there, and you throw it to him. If anything, you put the ball in the air, you give your receiver a chance. You don't throw it short. Pathetic. Lincoln Kennedy. JT, back with you, coming off the loss in L.A. We call the show the winner or loss, the aftermath. Welcome in. We're brought to you. I got a lot of great partners I have to thank here at the end of the week. We are rolling with our partners here. I, I need to thank them all, and I'll get them all into the show. I try to get them in every day, and you hear their spots, and I hope you do business with them. DeCastaverde Law Group, texting with my friend Orlando DeCastaverde, diehard Raider fan, obviously wants the team to win more than anything. If you get into an accident, DeCastaverde Law Group is your group. They will take care of you. They are a family-run law firm. Their clerks, the people behind the scene, all family. They will take care of you. Take my word on that. So why did the Raiders lose the game? That's the, really the big question here. I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. First off, had, you know, Baker Mayfield threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and the Raiders' defense played really good. I mean, it was a 16-3 game. Felt like for a long time. I think they lost the game because they lost Devontae Adams again. For whatever reason, they get away from Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams didn't get a reception in the second half of that game. Well, why is that? Why not throw him a ball behind the line of scrimmage? Just a quick quick pass to him because he's getting 10 yards. Let him kind of push someone forward for seven yards. Get him going. Get him going. Put him in motion. Put him in motion. Have him catch a slant over the middle in a soft spot. Couldn't do it. I don't know why because there's no Waller and Renfro. Why was, not, was, was Devontae not featured in the second half of the game. And I studied it, and I looked back on it before I interviewed Coach. It's because they didn't want to win the game that way. They wanted to hold on and win the game. They weren't looking to put up 30. And that's disappointing because, you know, as callers call in, the ones that I respect, I respect all of you who really know the game, this team really needs to score 30 to 34 points a game to win because the defense is not really good. So when they were up 7 nothing and they were up 16-3, to why didn't they go for the jugular? I think the answer is simple. They just wanted to win the game. They just wanted to hold on and win because they did not think a quarterback could do that to them, especially after that A.J. Cole punt and go the length of the field. I don't knock the Raiders for that part when they were up at the end, 16-10 in the punt. They, were just, they needed the defense to make a play. I tweeted, come on, Max. Max has got to close out the game, and I was right. He won the game with the sack, and Tillery had the mistake. On, on that on that penalty was one of the worst penalties I've seen in Raider regular season history. It's on the Mount Rushmore, I can promise you that. If there's a Mount Rushmore of Raider regular season penalties, Tillery is on the Mount Rushmore. I don't know if he's first or fourth, but he's somewhere there. Jay in Vegas. I'll get us going right here as I'm in Henderson. Go ahead, Jay. What's up, JT, man? I'm still pissed off, embarrassed, lost sleep last night, but really pissed off about you know, the way we lost this game, JT. Look, man, uh, I agree with everything that you said in your monologue, JT, but in, but as far as, with, whether you know, I know the players play, coaches coach, but look, man, the, I have to put the most of the blame on the, uh, on the coaching staff, on, on Patrick Graham's soft-ass defense, uh, on Josh McDaniels after halftime wanting to bleed the clock instead of just doing what got you there. And, 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 you know, and I, and I put the more of the onus on the coaching staff because I look across the sideline and I see Sean McVay, Rolling out a mass unit, basically, is what it was, and, and a quarterback that not only one team but two teams really didn't really care to have on their staffs. And, and, and on two days' notice, with one day to really study the playbook, 
and and you, they were much better prepared. I mean, that's 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 the part that pisses me off the most. JT is that they were much better prepared, and you know. Uh, See, let me push back on that. Let me push back on that. I, I'm going to push back mm-hmm. on that because I think okay. the Raiders are always prepared. I think this coach comes from the most prepared organization in modern NFL history. I think their film study, their practices, I think they're prepared. They have a problem executing, and then they have a problem executing the end of a game and finishing a game. I don't think, I've never thought, it has nothing to do with being prepared. Nothing, if you want to be fair. It has to do with executing. So that's what's happening here. Josh McDaniels didn't practice Jerry Tillery kicking the ball away from Baker Mayfield for a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct. That is not allowed in this organization. Tillery did it. So Mm -hmm. I think they're prepared. I just don't think, my friend, that they execute when they have a lead, 20-nothing, 17-nothing, 17-nothing, 16-3. They don't go for the jugular. The quarterback doesn't go for the jugular with his legs with his legs and his ability to check down. He checked down again at critical points in this game. When you check down on a seven-yard, you need seven, 10, 12, and you check down. Jim Plunkett never checked down on a 12-yard play. Jim Plunkett told me to my face, I threw to the marker. Okay, so you got Devontae. If it's, if it's third and six, you run a seven-yard. Third and 12, you run 13. If it's third and 22, you run 23. You don't check down unless you're up big, if, unless you're up big and you want to milk the clock and then punt the ball and hold on and win. And that's what you saw in front of the world last night on Amazon Prime. Exactly. But, but JT, it's like, but when you come out of halftime trying to already bleed the clock, I mean, Derek Carr had 20 pass attempts. Yes. When you got when you got Devontae Adams, the I mean Jalen Ramsey looked terrified out there. I've, I've never seen the guy, and he's a great player, high level player. I mean the the the, Devon, the way Devontae was just having him on skates, especially in the first half with those two completions. I mean the guy the guy was terrified, JT, and I never lie. When, you know it's like dude, he he he, and you just stop. You just stop going to him. I mean look, I mean at a certain point, I mean look, you blow a twenty point lead, three seventeen point leads blown out you lose to Jeff. all this stuff in in a course of a year jt and it's like come on man i mean you yeah. gotta you gotta figure out a way to i mean i know you said you know there's a lot of players that are not going to be here they can be replaced well what good does that do if you don't look your look at yourself in the mirror and and correct some of these issues they are they, they they again a great phone call appreciate it thank you they are. They're critical. They have a grading system here that I'm aware of. They are highly critical of the coaches. They're accountable. They all address and go right to the microphone. Coach McDaniel's already had a press conference, and he already did an eight-minute interview with me. They're all accountable. They know this. They know what's happening. They know what's not working. They get it. They're trying to fix it. It hasn't worked. This season will be defined. It's being defined on collapsing losses that are unacceptable. Put that in a promo in 3, 2, and 1. The season is being defined on collapsing games that are unacceptable. We all know that. We're trying to get rid of the collapses. We're trying to get rid of the 20-point leads, 17-point leads, 16-3 leads on the road, and they're trying to fix it. And they're working around the clock to do it, and it's not working. Not working as they're trying to build this franchise to a level with scouting and players and everything to get it to another level. That's it. You can criticize it all you want. You have been all year. If you've been listening, I know you're listening. We see the numbers. We know you're listening. That's what's happening here.
So how does it get fixed? I think you need to bring in new players. You got to let's go with some coaches. What every organization does. That's what's going to happen. We all know that. Mr. Black's in Hawaii being patient. Thanks for calling in. What's happening? Hey, JT. Uh, yeah, major gun punch. Um, at the end of the first half, you know, we had that. And then the, the, through this whole second half, we were just lifeless. Uh, uh, no, we didn't uh, go for the juggler. I mean, you know, uh, what's wrong with scoring 30? What's wrong with scoring 40? You know, score every time you're on. You're trying to score every time you've got the ball. Run, you know, run it into the ground, and let's let's win by forty. Let's win by forty-five. And, and we were just lifeless, man. I kept saying, "What's going on here? What's going on here? Come on, guys!" A uh, um, lot of bad, so many missed uh, missed uh, holding calls on our defense. Oh, thank you for crazy. saying that. I apologize. I, ap- I apologize I for taking me that long. My dog. Yeah. My daughter and I were watching his dad, dad, and she's not a great, a big uh, football fan. Dad, isn't that holding? I mean, even she noticed, yeah. you know, it's on just Max, amazing. On Max, it was incredible. You know, oh, I, it was, it was so holding bad, on but... Max on the final drive, I believe, and a couple of people put it out there on social media, the holding on Max on the final drive, the hold in the end zone. So the hold in the end zone yep. ends the game, right? You know the rules. It ends the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yep. a safety. And Max was getting safety, exactly. yeah, Max was getting horse collar down, thrown down by the right tackle there, and there was no call on that. That would have been a great break for the Raiders to get a fair call to go in their direction. But the Raiders don't get any breaks with the flags. You know that. No, we know that. We're Raider fans. Yeah, we have to beat the Zebras too. But anyways, all right, brother. Take care. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Netherlands goal, 2-1 Argentina in the 82nd minute. Messi has scored. You know, this is a really tough day today. Really brutal day today dealing with this Raiders loss. Imagine being Brazil. Not a hundred times more than the Raider loss. Maybe a million times more, if that's a realistic number. Brazil, losing to Croatia, took out an entire continent. Continent. Not just a country. Continent. And now Messi's trying to advance and not play Brazil. And Bobby, with his Portugal roots with Ronaldo. And a lot of good World Cup soccer. A lot of good sports that I'll be talking more about. But, wow, I really thought the Raiders would win the game easily at, when, the, when they got off to a good start. But all week I told you it was going to be tough. And now they have to beat New England. And if they would have won this game, they would have been playing New England to be 7-7. Seven and seven. That was realistic. It's gone now. You know, I'm not sure how to, that's a better question for Josh. You know, um, you know, whatever, whatever call we're trying to execute at a high level, there's times where there's run and pass checks and different things based on looks that we get and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes things can end up that way too, you know, but I, you know, for me personally, you know, whatever, whatever Josh is calling, like we're just trying to execute that and make it happen. All right. So a lot of people are getting all over Derek, some for saying that, you know, you're going to run what the play is. He's a quarterback. I'm not. I'm just a radio host who wants the Raiders to win every game and every possession. And Derek has the opportunity to change every play. He has the ability, like Tom Brady or anybody else, to change the play at the line of scrimmage. And normally they practice. How many times have I told you on these airways, practice and run what you run in Henderson? 
That's really been my line all year long. Just practice what you do here in the building. They didn't have a lot of practice this week and run it. I'm assuming they're running a lot of plays to Devontae. How two best friends, Derek Carr and Devontae, can combine for no receptions in the second half of a game up 16-3 to is shocking to me. That's the only word I can use, shocking. I don't know how you just can't get Devontae the ball. Behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, downfield, over the middle, in motion, and all of that. And the other team is doing their job to try to coach against it. And you tip your cap to the other team. You do that. My conversation with the head coach at the top of the hour. Please stick around for that. Here's Chris in West Oakland. This should be good. You know, JT, you'd think I'd be really mad and pissed off. I'm almost getting numb to this. It's just every week, every other loss, it's like they find another way to stick a dagger in the heart of their fan base. And look, I'm going to disagree with the caller just like you did earlier. I don't think the Raiders were Ill, were not prepared to play. They came out, they played well. But I believe this one squarely rests on the shoulders of Josh McDaniels. He talked in the press conference about needing out how to figure out how to be more aggressive, how to win games, how to win close games. You're the play caller. You want to know how Devontae Adams didn't get the ball in the second half? JT, Derek only threw four passes the entire second half. I keep hearing how Baker Mayfield outplayed Derek Carr. Derek Carr wasn't allowed to play in the second half. It was run, run, run. On third down, occasionally they passed. Their two trips into the red zone resulted in field goals other than the interception. One time they lose four yards on first down, throw a swing pass on second, run it up the middle on third and kick a field goal. The other time they ran it three times and kicked a field goal. Then we get to the second half. JT Woody Hayes or Bo Schembechler was calling plays for the Raiders. 42 times the Raiders ran the ball last night. The uh, aggressiveness and the killer instinct, that comes from the head coach. You're right, JT. They didn't try to win the game last night. They spent 30 minutes after halftime trying to run the clock out. And if Josh McDaniels hasn't watched the Raider defense, I've said over and over on your airways, if you want to be a running team, the Raiders lack the one thing you have to have the most. That's a defense. Kyler Murray, Tyler, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, all these guys shining moments this year in a season where they've really done not much has all come against the Raider defense. But you're going to trust this defense? You need one first down to close the game out with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs is hurting. And you run the ball up the middle three times and then punt. Yeah, we got a lucky ball. Did I not text you and tell you before they pulled away in one touchdown, the Raiders will lose this game because that's what they do. So until the coach develops a killer instinct, let Derek throw the ball 15 or 20 times in the second half, and if he throws two or three picks and really, you know, craps to bed, then I'll get on him. He was not allowed to play in the second half last night because the Raider coach played scared because he thought the Rams had no chance to beat them, even though their defense is one of the worst I've ever seen. As I've said many times, JT, if I was an offensive coordinator, I would never ever run the ball against the Raiders. The Raiders had them pretty well bottled up until when? Six minutes to go, and they had to throw on every down, and they went on an 80-yard and a 98-yard drive to win the game. Wake up, Coach McDaniels. I'm not calling for your job, but if you keep putting the game in the defense's hands and don't go for the jugular, this is why you're 5-8 and eight right now and not 9-3. and three. Thank you, Coach. I mean, uh, JT, I'll talk to you yeah, later. Yeah, they, they could be 9-3. and three. They really could. 
and they could be eight and four. They really, I mean, the the games that they blew that were big leads are obvious. They should have won, but this one should have been the easiest of all of them. You know, the Chiefs. Come on, they were up big on the Chiefs. The Chiefs can come back. Throw the Chief game out. Okay, then you go to New Orleans. They had no right to win that game. They never got the ball past the fifty. So throw that out. They should have been able to beat Indy easily, and they should have buried Arizona. And the Arizona game really is the beginning of the bookend collapses. The Arizona collapse, and then what happened here in Los Angeles? Yeah, I think, obviously, and you'll hear my conversation coming up with the coach. It won't have the tone of Chris if Chris was sitting down with the coach because I know a lot of you people would rather have me out of the chair and have Chris sit in and interview the coach after a loss, but we will have a conversation coming up about every play. Every play that went down and what happened in the loss. And you can judge the coach if you didn't hear his press conference already. And hopefully the Raiders turn it around. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. You usually find me there. Because I love the food. I love my friends who work behind the bar at all the restaurants. From one steakhouse to Olives to Nobu to all the bartenders in the shag room. Go check out the new look. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas.